This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast. I'm Kristen Ergel, your host, a former TV sports reporter and fellow college football coach's wife. I'll go one-on-one with the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. This podcast is brought to you by Ruler of Hope. Ruler of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at ruler-hope or online at rulerofhope.org. Hey there, I'm Chris Nerlon. We have an exciting podcast ahead. But first, I want to talk about something we all know way too much about, moving. Just the thought of that can bring an unsettling emotion. Well, I found a team that can take that load off your plate. It's D1 Relocation. This group can do it all. They can organize your move, coordinate with a moving company, and a trusted real estate agent. They can actually vet key household partners, such as schools, insurance agents, physicians in the area. They can even help set up your Wi-Fi and water. It's incredible. So I've come to know this team, which is actually founded by a coach's wife. I think you should check it out. Whether you're looking to move now or in the future, it's d1relocation.com. Now on to our awesome podcast. It is my honor to bring Shaylin Klein on the podcast. Shaylin is from Kansas State. Her husband is the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach there, Colin Klein. Shaylin, thank you so much for being a part of us today. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Kristen, for having me. I've been looking forward to having you on the podcast. A little recap of your career, 2022 Big 12 champions. He's a second year as an OC. Now, if you look back a little bit further, not too far long ago, he was a Heisman Trophy finalist, Johnny Unice Golden Armour, Big 12 Athlete of the Year. You played basketball yourself at Kansas State, academic, all Big 12. I mean, from both of you, uh, <laughs> and the family, I have so many questions to ask with this. But first, we're going to start with, you know, not every coach can go from highly successful on the field yeah. to turning around and getting that from their student athletes. That's a unique skill. So how do you think he's been able to transition? What's the key for that for him? You know, I think um, he remembers what it was like as a player. I, I remember so many conversations when he was kind of trying to decide what he was going to do between playing, coaching, all the things. And, you know, we remembered um, what it was like to be a player. And I think he does such a good job of always kind of bringing it back to that, bringing it back to ground zero. Um, I also just think he does a great job of keeping it real, relating to his players, connecting with his players. Um, you know, to him, it's about relationships. It's about the relationships he builds. Um, that's why he does what he does and why he loves what he does. And so he falls in love with the guys. They fall in love with him, just like I fell in love with him. So here we are. Oh, here. All of those things. I did a little research on you as well. You come Probably. from an incredible college football family yeah. in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Gary Spaney, did I say that right? You did. And also with the Chiefs as well, yep. right? Uh, yep. Hall of Famer there with the Chiefs. Yep. What a unique perspective as yep. a coach's wife now, having grown up in that life. You know, and there he also played at Kansas State. I mean, that's rare and all of that right there. So, I mean, walk me through that experience. Your first impression of college football was from a very special place. Honestly, it's really all I can remember. Like, I don't think I have a memory. Honestly, my first memory is driving a golf cart with my dad at a Chiefs game. Um, he retired post being a Chief. Um gosh, after I was born. So I didn't get the, you know, the luxury of being able to see him play, but everyone brags about it, whatever. I'm like, I don't know, dad. I think he made those stories up. Anyway, I do remember being on the golf cart and just, you know, going tailgate to to take it to tailgate because he still um, worked for the chiefs and just retired this year, actually. Um, So he was with the organization 43 years between playing and in their front office. And so um, like you said, it's in my blood. I mean, I I can't really get away from it. And then all of a sudden I find myself obviously married to it too. It, it helps me stay familiar. Um, it brings me back to, again, just what I know. So for me, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot in this business that doesn't really shock me, if that makes sense. Um, so I think from a relationship standpoint, for me and Colin, um, for our family, for how we navigate this crazy life, like, you know, um, 
being familiar with it really, really helps just because, again, it helps me navigate things um, from not like, a oh, I'm so shell shocked or was shell shocked when I just initially started, you know, again, into this crazy, uh, crazy business we call football. Yes. Okay. So when did you and Colin meet? I mean, did you ever expect yourself to be a coach's wife? You were a, an athlete. You were a player. I yeah. mean, I would imagine your goal and your uh, how driven you are to get to that point. Yeah. It was pretty focused on athletics yourself. hundred percent. I mean, you know, you're married to the game. I mean, absolutely. So, I mean, boys were really just kind of like came and went, you know, you had a little fling here, a fling there, but really there was nothing serious. Um, because again, when it came down to it, I was picking basketball. Like, let's be honest. Sorry, dude. Like it, it is what it is. Um, when you're playing at that high level, it's your, it, the commitment's there. And so, um, from us meeting, what's really unique about this is we were actually at the same school at Kansas state where I played and he played, um, for our whole career. Um, and we crossed paths a little bit, a little bit. Um, I was in a student athlete advisory committee. He was too. We knew of each other, you know, of athletes here and there. Um, I do remember, this is a story I remember, but my um, freshman year, so I was actually a year ahead of Colin and then he redshirted. So technically we were two grades different, um, but you know, you get that incoming class of freshman football players and uh, you know, us basketball players just like to, you know, just take a peek. And so I do remember my very first, my very first time I ever like laid eyes on Colin. This is hilarious. I can't believe I'm telling you this, but anyway, my uh, teammate, uh, Kelsey Hill at the time, that was her maiden name, uh, we were getting ready to go to Europe. And so we had this countdown for Europe and all the things. We're so excited. We were going to go play overseas for 10 days. So pumped. But we like catch a glimpse of these like shirtless guys walking back from their run. And I was like, hey, Kelsey, come on over here. And uh, we like look out and there was two. It was Colin and then another quarterback at the time. And I remember being like, okay, you take the dark hair. I'll take the light hair. Like, you know, that type thing. Again, like we didn't know. Like we were friends. Like we didn't know. Anything. Whatever. Anyway, four years later, um, wild, right? We're in the same spot. I mean, again, we knew of each other, whatever. Um, gosh, I was probably, it was my, I was going into my senior year. He was going into his redshirt junior year. Um, and so I had had seven knee surgeries while I played at Kansas State. It was a wild ride. Um, and so my senior year, I actually did not play. I ended up actually kind of being a student coach and kind of um, going over a little bit onto the coaching slash administration side of basketball. And so that's what kept me in Manhattan. And anyway, um, how technically Colin and I met. Um, so we would always practice against guys. And his best friend at the time, Samuel Hegarty, Samuel, there's a shout out. Anyway, he's going to be mad at me if I don't, because um, he always takes credit for this. But um, he, um, technically lived with Colin. And so his girlfriend is one of my dearest friends now. Um, he is kind of who introduced us. Um, but it was really cool. Cause it's really just how we met is a God thing. It hundred percent is a God story. Um, you know, I was coming out of an extremely hard time of my life and truly was falling in love with Jesus for truly, I think the first time. And when you do that, you just kind of like lay everything aside and you just run as fast as you can to Jesus. You don't really look back to be perfectly honest. And I really need to do that. And so for me getting around awesome, solid people that would keep me grounded. Um, that was Samuel. That was Jill. That was that friend group that little did I know Colin kind of ended up being a part of because he was roommates with Samuel. And so that fall, we actually ended up getting um, kind of a group together um, of tons of athletes, but some also not just kind of in and around the house. Um, and we actually do these... <laughs> People are going to laugh, but these worship nights every Sunday, it was I like, love this. It was literally my lifeblood, Chris. And I can't I even tell it. you, like we had, um, Victor Ojale, Kyle Klein, Colin Klein, Samuel Hegarty, Jacqueline Leffler. Um, there was like a couple other football guys, but like we had Victor singing acapella. He was a basketball guy. We had, um, Kyle and Colin on the piano and the guitar and like we were doing worship nights and just like bonding and then we would just like talk life like 
what like real talk, like we're talking like real struggles. How are you doing? And meaning it when someone looks at you and are like, how are you doing? And then someone says, well, I'm really struggling here. And then everyone says, okay, we're having a conversation. You know what I mean? Like that type of thing. And so I felt like it was a friend group that we could trust. There was rapport. Um, and it was just such a solid group. We had so much fun. And so from probably like, you know, October, let's say of, um, I'm trying to think of what year that was October of 2011, Mm -hmm. um, was when kind of that friend group started. Um, and really when Colin and I kind of just, I got to know him as a Mm -hmm. friend and obviously going back to my first glimpse of him, I was like, Oh yeah. I mean, he's tall, he's handsome, he's blonde, he's muscular. He's a football player. It's like, that works. Right. (laughs) But like, checks a box. 100%. But it's also one of those things where timing, I mean, all the things, right? It just wasn't the right time, wasn't the right place. And obviously God had a perfect plan and how it kind of would come back full circle. Because then four and a half, five years later, here we are, October of 2011. And this friend group forms, right? And You know, for me, I still was always kind of attracted to Colin from just a check the box perspective. He fit all the boxes, but I really needed to like know what kind of a guy he was. At this point, he was kind of getting his dip in like starting quarterback, like the whole deal. Like I think for me, um, getting to know the guy behind the jersey was so important to me. And I've formed such a great friendship with him and that whole group of guys, whole group of girls. And then probably December of that year. So like October to December, you know, again, my season, his season, I was working at the time because I graduated um, in May of that year of 2011. And then he had still two seasons because he had redshirted again. So he still was two seasons behind me, but we're only eight months apart. So it was just kind of a weird deal with the whole redshirt deal. So anyway, um, He, um, let's see. So now we're in December. Okay. So this is wild. Kristen, you're just like, this is just, sometimes I like retell this story and it's one of those things where it builds my faith every time Mm -hmm. because, and it reminds me of truly why you do what you do. And then how like God brings you through and to things, to people for specific times And so for me, that was this. And so anyway, in December of that year, I felt um, truly God lay on my heart like he was absolutely self like the person I was going to marry. But again, it was one of those things where it went from friendship to not friendship real fast for me. Mm -hmm. And yet I like I really just naturally get along with guys a little bit better than girls. I'm just not really high drama. I'm more just like cut to the chase. And so I didn't want to lose the friendship that I had because I had formed such a great relationship with him. And so, or just friendship with him. And so, you know, once you kind of cross that line, you don't really (laughs) go back. So I was like, well, you know, I just don't know. And so, you know, you're just dipping your toes, like trying to test the waters. You know, I'm asking Jill about a couple months before, does he have a girlfriend? Does he not have a girlfriend? Yeah. yeah. And so um, he had just broken up with a girlfriend that summer but she was like, he's really just focusing on football. He's not really about a relationship. I was like, cool, that's perfect. Like, <laughs> I can just like swoop in, right? Like, perfect. <laughs> anyway, I was just like, no, this is God. This is truly in your hands. If it, I mean, again, I was at such peace mm-hmm. with, again, my identity with right. Christ and kind of him mm-hmm. honestly remaking me in my own journey, which was mm-hmm. separate from Colin, that then kind of the timing of him bringing us together was like truly um, divine timing. It truly was. And so, um, it went from again, friends to not friends really quick. We started talking a lot more in December of that year. And then, uh, we were engaged in February and married in July of the next year. So there's a lot of details like in between December that I could like probably share five hours on. My goodness. Yeah, that was what it was engaged in February and married by that July. You know, when you know you go, you just kind of do it. (laughs) Incredible. Yeah. So 2012. That was a wild year. Yeah, very much so. And now you have four kids, right? 
I do. Four kids in five years. Yes. I was like, I think you're kind of close in age. Yep. I have an almost five-year-old. I have a three-year-old, a two-year-old, um, and then a five-month-old, three boys. And then we just got our first girl. So. Unbelievable. How precious. And for those that are watching and listening, we are recording this late at night because both of our kids are asleep. <laughs> Be able to communicate with each other. So, true. so the question I always ask is, do you ever see yourself as a coach's wife? Probably not. You saw yourself as a student athlete and, and focused on those things. And honestly, it went so fast that I just yeah. kind of fell into, right? Like you just kind of fall in love, fall in love, fall in love to the relationship and then you just get kind of going. Right. And then, you know, for him, he transitioned obviously from player to then trying to play in the NFL. You, you know, you test here, you test there, you just kind of test the waters. It didn't work out. And we're sitting there and he's just kind of like, you know, what's next? And I think he always knew in the back of his mind, staying in football, he loves the game. Um, he loves the guys. He loves the, um, the hard challenges and the life lessons that honestly can be taught through this game of football and the mirroring effect of life and football and how just, again, the mesh of all of that from, you know, taking a boy at, you know, 18 years old and then leaving college as a man and the lessons that you've learned and the brotherhood you've brought, you know, along with you, you being in the trenches with your guys, you know, all the things. Right. And so for him, being able to then almost like pass that to the next generation and the lessons that he's learned, he just had that passion in him. And I saw, and I saw that, I think he saw that. And, you know, we're both very, like, we are as competitive as it comes. Well, and, I would imagine. Oh, it is bad, Kristen. <laughs> I mean, card games, racing to the car. I mean, just like throwing trash in the freaking trash can. Like, come on, bro. Like, it's fine. Don't coach me. It's okay. Right. <laughs> anyway, my point is, is no, I didn't know, but I also wasn't shocked if that makes yeah. sense. And yeah. then we also were making, like we were married, right? At 21. Yeah, you were married in college. Right. Exactly. So like we kind of made the decision together where, right. you know, I've met so many women in this business that they met, you know, obviously their spouse a little bit later mm -hmm. or their decision was already made or their decision was changed. And so like every woman's journey in this whole business is so different. I love hearing all the different stories. But honestly, for me, it was a blessing because um, I went in with my eyes wide open. And then with my history of football, I, I knew. Oh, yeah. um, and then I'm just a really fiercely independent person. So from a lifestyle perspective, um, it fits, right. it fits our life well. And um, so um, that, that makes it a little bit easier. Still like there are so many challenges and I know every single uh, woman in this life knows that so well. Um, and I think they shoulder the world when it comes from, you know, August to, well, about the next June, let's just be perfectly <laughs> honest. Um, we do not shoulder this, right? <laughs> right. Right. But anyway, um, so yeah, thankfully I, I really did go into it. Um, That's right. Thinking about what you just said and part of your story, which stood out to me, which is, and, and for those of you, you know, that are like, okay, he was a dynamic quarterback at Kansas state. One of the best that ever played a Heisman trophy. Finally. So I said that if you don't know all the stats, like Johnny United's golden arm, you don't just win that. Like it's prolific quarterback. And so you're at the height of yep. college football yep. and then obviously it would it would make sense for everybody to be like i can be an nfl you know pro yep. bowler yep for god to have a different path to me that would be a little hard to navigate be like okay he has us doing this which we're super duper grateful for and every opportunity we've gotten but to me in those few moments those few years you're probably working through a little bit of adversity you kind of didn't know you're going to be working through. So my question always is, you know, what is the biggest diversity you faced and what did you rely on to get through those moments? Yeah. I mean, this might not be your big adversity moment, but to me, those would be some tough years to kind of get wrap your head around. Um, having that level of success on yep. such a high level, that would be hard to walk through. Yep. Yeah. 100%. You absolutely are correct. And I think, what also one of the traits that I adore the most about Colin is his humility. He's the same guy, whether he's in sitting with 
you know, Heisman Trophy winners and, you know, graciously, you know, losing, obviously heartbreaking that we lost that award, but like walking through the popularity and everything and the fame of that to, like you said, the next year he's GAing for $900 a month right. at Kansas State. And again, just like the vast difference. Um, and then working now for 10 years to get where he's at. Um, I would 100% say it was a bump in the road, but if you knew Colin, it was like, he would walk in there. Like, he's just, I'm just one of you. Like, I've got to, I've got to do this. Just like you got to do this. Like, I, I don't expect because I technically did X, Y, and Z on the field. Like I didn't do anything in the coaching side of things. I I'm, I'm literally the bottom of the barrel and you got to earn every single stripe in this business. And so I respect him beyond um, for how he kind of walked that out. Um, so from an adversity side, I would say that made us stronger, to be yeah. perfectly honest. I think we both, um, I mean, I can bust his little head real quick to just bring him right back down to <laughs> zero if we had to. So, I mean, I didn't have to do much those years to do that because it just naturally did that. But you see what I'm saying? Like, I think we kept, we keep it real for each other. And again, we knew the journey and like, the NFL thing, you know, that's just, it, it's, it's timing. It's, you know, there's so many things that goes into that and, well, and yeah. it works and it doesn't work, whatever the coaching thing. It's, it's a grind yeah. and you oh. know, for seven to 10 years, you may not get your chance nice. to just be perfectly honest. And wow. so, you know, you are grinding and you've got to go all in and grind and you got to work when you are again GA for $900 a month in 2013 to now being obviously an OC, like you're grinding the same. You yeah. have to decide, you know, when that level of commitment, you know, and in my mind, the good ones do it at the start. Um, but to answer your question, I actually did get to see this question before, and I did want to share this because I feel like it's totally not in regards to football, but our mm -hmm. biggest adverse adversity, and I will keep it as real. As it comes, people that know me are like, you keep it a little too real, Shannon. Um, <laughs> and by the way, I, I'm, I wish I met you a long time ago. You're incredible. But oh my gosh. <laughs> but we lost two babies before I, I had my first one. And so when you lose a child in a pregnancy or struggle in some capacity with anything in regards to children, childbirth, anything it breaks your world. It just absolutely brings you to your knees. And that those, those years, and that was in, let's see, that was about six years ago, seven years ago. Um, those two were the, probably the hardest from a just couple standpoint, which I think again, from a, like, when you look at your life from like a 30,000 foot viewpoint, if you're talking about non-football things, you're talking about the right things. You know what I mean? Because people get so wrapped up in this whole football world. They get sucked into it. They get sucked into the greed, the fame, the money, the this, the that. And it's like, none of that matters. None of it. Because your world is rocked. Yeah. And all of a sudden you are brought to your knees and figure out, wait, what actually, like, which way is up? Which way is down? Like, I don't understand why you know you're angry i mean you know as good as anybody like why god why right all the things so i think that piece um you know to our story and how again in those pieces of adversity um, of adversity if it brings you closer to one god and closer to each other then your heart's in the right spot um and i think you know for us in our journey those are two markers um for sure but um had wow. to share that one because those wow. things are I'm so glad that you were so open about this. That yeah. I think more people need to be. And that's the thing. Like I'm so passionate um, in regards to, again, women sharing their stories because I feel like it's such a taboo talk topic to talk about. Okay. And it's obviously just completely heartbreaking because you don't know. There's so many questions about it, but I feel like if women talked about it more, they would also understand that their story would touch another woman's story because yes. there's so many like that. So if we were willing to step out in faith and say, you know what, God brought me through this for this reason. And it might be because I'm sitting talking to 
this woman who just went through this. And I'm like, I'm here for you. I may not know your story. I may not know necessarily, you know, exactly what you're going through or how you're feeling it, but I have walked a hard road in whatever capacity I am. And I'm with you. I see you. I, you know, you are, you are fully known, you are fully loved and I'm here. Like that's all women need to hear sometimes in regards to that. So powerful words. I mean, that I, I feel that obviously as Landry's mom, yeah. you don't even realize what mm-hmm. other women have gone through. Um, they, they, you know, to realize, to see it, um, and to be there, you know, yeah. in one of their toughest moments and to just open up and go, God is real. And he yeah. got me through this, you know, and he is our source. He is our steady. So that's those experiences change us forever, yeah. you know, and it gives purpose. Um, and some of the things that we do because we realize that this is, this is much bigger <laughs> than football. This is this or basketball or whatever sport somewhere then it's so much bigger than that. It's about him and his purpose, God's purpose in our lives. So we are going to switch over to some coaches, wives. I love stories. it. I'm in. Uh, it's so funny uh, that when I started this podcast, there was no NIL. There was no transfer portal. No. College athletics has changed so drastically in the last couple of years. Yep. Some for the good, some just changed, some's crazy, right? Yep. So how have you and your husband adapted to this change um, in handling that, handling the portal, having guys come in, worried that they're going to leave, um, all of that? How does it change your approach? Oh, man. I think um, one of the biggest pieces of it, of advice that I got from a coach's wife a long time ago was be where your feet are. Um, and I think that really applies to this question as well. Um, whether or not a player comes or goes, whether or not they're here for a year, here for four, whatever it might be, they're going to get our hundred percent. Like they're going to get everything. They're going to get our family, our kids, our chaos, our mess, <laughs> our like, we're going to come in hot and they're just going to know that, but they're going to be loved. And, you know, for me, I don't think we can necessarily change our approach of who we are because that's just fake to me. Like I'm going to be who I'm going to be and I'm going to fully embrace that. And they're not like what they see is what they get. And everyone knows that in regards to Colin and I, like, it's just, this is who we are, like take it or leave it. So from that perspective, I don't think we've changed. As far as like adapting, I think you always have to adapt. You are always ever changing. You are fluid in this business in regards to, you know, approaches, things that you're learning, things that you're growing in, you know, tactics or strategies of, again, learning the kids, right? Because we're the adults now. Wait a minute. Like, I don't even understand, right? Like a second ago, I was like, wait a minute, 35 is so old. Wait, now I'm 35. Like, wait, I'm so confused, right? Like, how did this happen? What? So like, my point is like, I, I almost for a while saw, saw myself as like a sister to these guys, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's like, wait, I'm more of like a mom figure, like this is a little bit weird, right? Yeah. And so you're trying to find like yeah. language, right? And vibe. And I'm like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I don't know. But again, my biggest thing in this whole deal is we are just who we are and like, we are as real as it comes. Um, And I don't want to be anything less than that. Um, And so, you know, seasons can change, winds can change, but we will remain. And, you know, we, anyone that comes through here, they will get, like I said earlier, they're going to get our hundred. And it's like, what is that saying? Like, uh, lived, are you like basically living and loving to your, to the most, like, mm-hmm. but you may get hurt in that process. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Jabs and bruises in that. So if a guy comes and then leaves, it breaks your heart. Right. Yeah. Cause you truly do, you know, fall in love with them and they're a part of your family. Mm-hmm. And then again, I think it's hard because in this day and age, there's so many good things to be sure. perfectly honest in yeah. regards to the NIL and That's helping awesome. kids out and, you know, there's so many things that I'm like, man, I wish I would have had that about 12 years ago. That would have been nice, right? Okay, we wouldn't have been making $900 a month. I don't know. Like, I feel like it really would have panned out in your favor a few years ago. Better. But like, I mean, okay, fine, God. We probably had a purpose for that too. But anyway, you see what I'm saying? Like, 
I, I just think you, you are always ever adapting and ever changing to learning the kid too, because I feel like too, the kid is so different a little bit, um, you know, as that changes. And so you're learning um, how to love them, how to reach them, how to touch their heart. Mm -hmm. And again, for us, we're doing this because we want to glorify God in all that we do and then touch the next generation of men to raise up, you know, men of um, truth and strength and kindness and goodness and all the things. And so like for us, football is the byproduct, right? We're loving these guys and trying to, um, you know, show them that. And so you kind of just take the football piece out of it, out of it a little bit. Um, obviously it's part of it, but it's not why we do it. If that makes sense. Oh, 1000%. Yeah. So what are some of those ways that you do try to show them your heart? I mean, you guys having them over to eat, what's your thing? Yeah. So, um, I make them treats every single uh, week, every single week, they get a different treat during football season, during football. Sorry. I did not okay. add that. Yes. During football season, they get all the treats every single week and it's always different. Um, and they always have their favorites, but I never repeat unless I know there are some that are like, oh, we're winning, but I'm like, I just always got to change it up. It's just like, I'm more like I get bored. So I'm moving on. Um, and so I'm always doing that for the guys. Um, always trying to make their birthdays special, whether that be like, you know, obviously calling them out, getting them embarrassed in some way, shape or form around their guys, whatever. We have a Christmas party and I always get them ugly t-shirts that they have to wear into the office, into meetings the next day. Nice. And then you have to take a picture, all of them, and send it to me for proof. Otherwise, it didn't happen. Love so, it. Um, they got to walk around. They got to go to workouts all in their little ugly t-shirts. And they like, <laughs> yeah, Coach Klein, Black gave this to me. It's awesome. It's so good. That is um, awesome. They fully embrace it, too. Oh, I would like, imagine. It's awesome. It's awesome. So we do that. And we obviously feed them and enjoy that. And then we try to have them out um, in the off season, at least once in the spring. Colin usually takes them on like a fishing trip. And I sent my kids with him to do that. Nice. Um, and then we always have them over here to the house. We just, you know, again, we live in the country a little bit north of town. So four wheeling, ATV, nice. bike ball, like shooting archery, shooting clays, all the things. Wow. So just kind of get a little bit immersed into the Klein country lifestyle a little bit. Um, again, just kind of make them a part of our family. And my biggest thing when ever, you know, a young man comes and commits to K-State, I always make sure to get to know his mom because I feel like, you know, to me, if you can connect with a mom and know that, you know, your son is one of the most prized possessions, obviously, on this side of heaven to you. And he will now be to me and I will treat him as my own. We truly do take that so seriously. And so whenever, you know, a mom needs something, uh, she'll text me if she's like, hey, how's Will doing? Like, is he OK? It's like, yeah, well, I will find out. I will <laughs> find out. And I guarantee you, you talk to Coach Klein. Like, if you want to know about girlfriends, if you want to know about anything, you come talk to me because I got it all. I got all the scoop. Um, how do you know what I'm like they tell me everything babe yes I know. it's amazing what that when you're fixing them dinner oh and you're serving it up you're like all right who mm. you with right now who's your girl is she oh, yeah who's your mama like her uh-huh uh -huh. I'm from the south we say mama I said would mama like her and he's right. like okay well we might need to rethink that one. 100 does mama even know <laughs> mama knows? When's the last time you talked to mom? Right, exactly. Exactly. You, before they get their food, I'm like, you have to tell me or plan the next call for mom. When's the last time you talked to mom? Uh, last time I was here. Oh, that has been a little too long. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So uh, you sound like someone that would love recruiting. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's been fun and amazing. And I love every piece of it. I mean, I have absolutely. families and it breaks my heart if they choose somebody else and you oh, know and, and you get so invested in it right I'm and like invested. every single one right I'm like one of my favorite lines is everyone's got a story and I truly want to know it and yeah. so every one of those recruiting dinners I'm like okay I'm just gonna get to know all of you and we just talk and talk and talk and we connect and then I'm like they didn't choose us are you kidding me right and then you just get it like you take it personally like what the hell like, you had such a great time and, and wonderful it's less family it's such a deep connection so true but again 
it's like I remember too. Like I sometimes have to take a step back and disconnect a little bit because I'm like, okay, I remember the recruiting process too, right? Like they're trying, and again, you. I think too, being in the business now, I mean, what we've been in here over 10 years. And so you get it right. I mean, they're courting so many people you're courting and trying again, I'm present where my feet are at. I'm going to get to know you and give my a hundred, no matter if you're going to come here or not. And again, what you see is what you get. So to your point, I love it because I love getting to know people. I love interacting. I love hearing their stories. I love love getting to know the sisters because they'll really tell me everything oh, they will tell everything that's the teller uh-huh and then obviously the moms i love getting to know them but the sisters that's where it's at no i tell you they know where the guy might end up choosing mm-hmm. to a little mm-hmm. secret sauce if they give their stamp of approval i'm like oh we're in we're, we're in. in we're in sisters yes mm-hmm. yep it's isn't it amazing how close these players are to their moms and sisters it's unbelievable you don't realize now that I have a son, I see it too. I yep. mean, he loves that, right? I mean, there's nothing like connection. Yep. But you can see now that you have kids in the recruiting process, how close they are to their mothers. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's interesting too, to kind of navigate back to even the NIL thing. I love asking, you know, a mom and dad a question of kind of like, where are you at in this? Like where, you know, how are you feeling? Um, you know, and some are, you know, a little more heavy, like they want to lean on their parents a little bit more. And then some are like, oh, it's, it's interesting to see too, how different families, dynamics, right. And and so it's, it's, but I would say the common thread to your point is there is such a soft spot for those dudes and their mamas. I swear. I'm just like, it is unbelievable. So if mama or sister give their approval, I'm like, we're good. And if you hope as a mom of a son, then like he's always gonna love me. Oh, I hope so. I hope so, right? I've got three of them, and I really pray they do. <laughs> I, think I hope they remember me. You're a lot of fun. I think you're not a problem there. Okay, so you are a backbone of a highly successful coach. I mean, you guys just won the Big Twelve championship. So what did you do? I mean, like some part you can't say he. If I had him on. He would give you credit, wouldn't he? Oh, 100% he would. Okay, so what would he say? Um, do you remember earlier when I said there's that little balloon, you know, called his head, and I go, pop? <laughs> I like to keep him at zero, like bring him back down. And again, I think for us, you know, you know the sacrifice that a coach's wife has to make, the time away. Yeah. You know, again, you are CEO, you are janitor, and you are everything in between in regards to running the house, running your business, running whatever you're doing on your side of the fence, right? Mm -hmm. And I always say our worlds are worlds apart. Yeah. And yet trying to find what connects you during that time, um, for me, I think is probably one of our strongest suits. So whether that be, you know, staying connected via text or like just checking in, like, hey, I'm thinking of you, like, how are you doing? You know, I want to know everything a part of you, everything that's going on, I want to be the sounding board, you know, just like I want, you know, again, similar to like, I want my kids to come to me and talk to me about things. I don't want them to go somewhere else. I don't want to be that for him. And so, you know, if I can be that rock and that glue for him, like he is for me, you know, to me that um, gives him what he needs in a time that is again, such high stretch, such high pressure. I mean, the hours they put in um, and, you know, I feel like grace, understanding, um, you know, going again, a little above and beyond to put yourself in their shoes Mm -hmm. um, because we can't understand nor can they understand ours. Right. And so having that mutual respect of, you know, time and, you know, just that true, that truly that partnership of doing life together, whether again, worlds are worlds apart, but you're still doing life together. I feel like, um, not like, I feel like we do that really, really well. And I feel like we're committed to that process and having those hard conversations, even in the midst of a football season, right? Like it might be Friday night before the game and I am ticked at X, Y, and Z because like something fell through. Right. And it's like, no, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about it right now. Like I don't think I get up at 6am tomorrow. Like that doesn't matter. Right. It's how, how are we and I swear, if we're good, you'll be fine tomorrow, okay? Okay, you'll be fine. You are not walking on eggshells. You have no idea. 
You're not. You're not. I'm just saying how it is. It's and again, like, what's nice about that is he never has to guess, and I never have to guess with him. And so that comes back to a little bit of the competitive, you know, yeah. aspect of who we are. And so um, I think again, in a coach's world, you're so competitive all the time that you kind of have to meet them where they're at, right? You kind of have to be like, hey, you gonna play? I'm gonna play. Like, let's yeah. go. <laughs> and then you just kind of see who wins. <laughs> I've got some tools to play that game a little bit, you know, so. Right, right. Okay, so like if there's a play you sort of maybe don't agree with, do you ever get to ask him about it or do you just kind of like. Well, I don't ask, I tell. Oh, okay. It's more like, hey, what was happening on third and two? Because that was not it. He's like, yeah, I know. That was bad, wasn't it? I was like, yes. What were you thinking? Like, are you serious? Anyway, um, he, I mean, here's my deal is usually you can tell, and you know, you're, I mean, you know, is like the moment they walk in, if it's a loss or if it's when, you know, you know, where their head's at, like, you don't have to wonder. Yeah. Like they're not like women, right. We can like kind of charade it a little bit. Yeah. Like, how are we going to be like, whatever yeah. they like, I can look at his face and know, okay, we're talking or we're not talking or yeah. like I can ask, or I can tell, you know, like the whole, yeah. I would just get yeah. it. However, I'm going to always push that envelope because I always feel like once we broach it and talk about it, yeah. um, you know, but, but at the end of the day, I'm his biggest yeah. fan, like whether or not that third and two play sucked, which it did, right. by the way, Colin, it totally did, but I'm still your biggest fan. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, you're your biggest fan. You're the biggest critic because you're in it together and you're in the trenches, but no, like again, my football's in my blood. So I kind of do know football too. Like some of our best dates when we were like dating for two weeks. <laughs> my point is like, and then we were married, right? When he was in college, like we're having date nights and he's watching film. And so he's teaching me all the things. And I'm like, okay, I know a thing or two already. Like, you don't have to tell me all these things. I'd be like, hey, my parents knew football. Uh, yeah, like my dad, like, Bring him out. I know a thing or two about cover two. Okay. Let me just talk about that. I know. I know about the safeties rolling. Right. Exactly. Like, come on, bro. I, got it. I love it. I love it. You're so fascinating. <laughs> um, okay. So do you think that it changes the way, and I know you're like, hang on, my kids are only like five. So you're making me make broad statements like yeah. you're in high school right now, but yeah. Do you think what you've been through as, you know, a daughter of a Hall of Famer, someone's been in sports, uh, coaches, what? You were a student athlete yourself. You've breathed and lived all yeah. of this. Do you yeah. think it's going to shape how you approach athletics with your kids? I cringed at this question, Kristen. I'm going to be honest because, you know, I mean, you know me now for however many minutes we've been talking. <laughs> right, and I'm as real as it comes. So my best yeah. friends are going to absolutely call me out right here because, Here's the deal. I say that I'm going to be the mom that, you know, doesn't say anything and supports and like, you know, whatever. And then you're, you see that meme on Instagram that it's like, you know, you're, you're the mom that's going to support. Yeah. Yeah. And then the match starts and they're the one like yelling, right? Like, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? Okay. I don't know. Like, that's my answer. I actually don't know where I'm going to be on the spectrum. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be on 10 like yelling yeah. or one like oh, I'm just gonna like sit here like, oh, I'm, I'm so silent because I know too right like, 100% and so like to be perfectly honest I don't know where I'm gonna land yeah I hope and pray that my heart will always and I truly do believe this whether or not my kid is not even into sports right or like who knows right every single kid's yeah you know, into different things. Obviously we're, I mean, they won't have much of a choice just being around football and right. our life. So you pray right. that they love that, you know, that and our lifestyle and all the things, but you want to fully obviously embrace if they, you know, are all into music or whatever, like who knows? Exactly. I want to encourage as long as it's obviously something that's healthy for their development, I'm all about it. And so my point is, um, you know, for me, like I said, to answer the question, I hope and pray that I'm, you know, um, how do I want to even say this? 
fully supportive and fully on board. But again, I am raw and real and they're going to get my opinion. So when I think something, I also don't want to filter that, if that makes sense. And then they're going to be like, hey, mom, what's up? Because you, hmm, you're not saying anything. So again, it's like, how does that shape who I am? I like, let's just be honest. We're, we're just winging this mama thing. Like we're just trying to make it happen. We're just making it to the next day and we're doing the best that we can. So I'll let you know when I get there because I can't believe so you're, okay you're okay with the follow up. Yeah, I'm good with the follow up. Let right. me know when we'll follow up. You know, when that, that all this is about like all the things you know when I said I was gonna do that and yeah I didn't oh boy my favorite thing is one of our, our daughters now in 12U sports mm-hmm. and him going to her game and experiencing you know height but then some failure right because no no kid is is perfect on the mound she's a pitcher yeah. and uh the way he feels I'm like, Hey, this is what we feel like when we are at your game, you're able yep. to like do something the next rep. But we're all like, oh. <laughs> this yep. is what it feels like for coaches wives to be watching their 100%. emotion is it's that balancing of, you know, I mean, during the game, I had to remind myself, okay, God, you are source. And you yep. know, this, this is going to be up and down. How do you handle those moments? Cause you seem like you'd be pretty passionate, especially <laughs> coaching right there at your alma mater it has to be a little bit harder and somewhat yes I mean when I see the game let's be honest I've got a baby strapped to me and someone yelling I gotta go potty and I need a snack and I'm hungry and I'm hot like all the things like at the end of the day I'm like did I even see five plays like so I'm in the grind phase for that but thankfully a village of help. So I do get to, to watch um, quite a bit too, but yes, I am quite passionate and very vocal in regards to like, I mean, I'm all in obviously um, in regards to that, but there's also this like overwhelming sense of peace. Um, And so, you know, when you've competed at that level and you've been under those pressures, Mm -hmm. you know, in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the chaos, when it is like, you know, you're in front of, 100,000 people at Texas and it is third and two, it is like you are chill as a cucumber, right? Like I, I, I am a so chill because whether or not I'm yelling or screaming just from a right. perspective in my soul, yeah. um, I'm just, I'm right there. Right. And so I think you go into like game mode, like again, my friends and family, it's so funny, but like they make fun of me because like I don't eat a ton before the games because like I just, you know, you know, you get those nerves, the butterflies, the like, oh, I just need kickoff to get here because you're just like, again, another coach's wife gets that because they go through that. But anyone else would think I'm crazy. They're like, you're not playing like, you don't under- like I'm like, this is my like my husband's livelihood. And by the way, we put our livelihood in the hands of 18 year old kids. Like what <laughs> are we? But like, oh my gosh, right? Like it's unbelievable, right? The whole sphere of what we do. It's such a beautiful thing. Um, The trust, the like, all the things, right? And so anyway, all that to say, I feel like, um, I I also think um, early in his career, I probably was a little more like on the edge of my seat Mm -hmm. and so invested in every single play because it was so... um, new and like we were learning each other and how we were kind of going to navigate that and now 10 years into it I feel like just like you mature as a parent just like you mature as you know just a human being in general I feel like I've matured a little bit as a coach's wife or at least I hope I have and I've had mentors come before me to kind of show me the ropes of that too of you know obviously being passionate but also being a professional and understanding that you know especially in Manhattan and it being our alma mater you know there is a fish bowl when it comes to football and so carrying yourself in a way that obviously um you know um yeah just you know carry yourself in a way that is a rough approach so uh i wanted to ask um if you were able to enlighten the rest of the world (laughs) as to what coaching families go through what's what's one thing you would like to share um Gosh, that is a loaded question. Um, I could answer it a million ways. Um, Sacrifice, um, devotion, um, time away, um, hardships, challenges, joys. I mean, it's like literally a roller coaster. 
I mean, it is a roller coaster from start to finish. And it's also hard because like, unless you're in it, do you understand it? Mm -hmm. Um, And so giving grace to people that are on the outside to be like, you know, like, just like, I don't understand your world. You don't understand mine. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. But then to the people that do understand it, you kind of have that common bond. Right. And they just know because they're in it with you. Like you can, I can look at you, you can look at me and we just know, right. You just know to go through. And it's like, Oh boy. Okay. Here we go. Right. Like we're, we're in that, like, yep. Camp starts next week. Like it's go time. Right. And there's just so much, um, sacrifice on both sides of the partnership, in my opinion, that go on to make this thing go and to make it successful and to make it a well-oiled machine. And I think there's so much behind the scenes that no one, um, understands. And I think, you know, wives in general don't, get the credit they deserve to be perfectly honest um for the time the late nights you know the conversations that we're having with my five-year-old son when he says is daddy ever coming home you know honey yeah he actually does come home every night we're just in bed but he is working so hard to provide our family with what you have and the life that we have and teaching young men just like he teaches you everything that you're learning and growing in yeah i mean you like you're having those bridge conversations right you're having those conversations that to a five-year-old they don't yet get but mean the world And you have to have it over and over, you know, or, you know, handling disappointment. I think that's another big one. Like, you know, when he misses something or he's not able to be there for, right? Like you are the one that's there Mm -hmm. and you are the glue, right? And you are the one that picks up the pieces. Um, And and not a lot of people talk about that. Not Mm -hmm. a lot of people talk about the back end, the behind the closed door of all the fame, all the TV, all the, you know, money, all the greed, all the this, all the that, like all the success, all the wins, all the big 12 championships, like whatever. It's like, actually like pull, peel back the curtain and let's actually look at the whole thing. Um, And, you know, I think, I don't know even what I would want people necessarily know other than, you know, we love what we do. And our sacrifice is worth it. It may look to someone on the outside, like, why do you do that? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like they may have questions about it, but just, you know, everyone has their why, right? Everyone in this business has their why. Um, and, you know, it, it looks different for every family. And I, I would just hope that people trust that that why is, you know, ultimately, I think in this business, there are a lot of good people doing really, really good things um, to try to truly, again, touch that next generation of young men for the kingdom of Christ. Like, ultimately, I think there's so many people that are doing that. And um, coaches, other than parents, are one of the most powerful influences in a young man or woman's life. And, you know, I look back and if I'm looking at my life now, I'm 35, I'm looking and it's like, who am I going to name that are my impact people? And sure, it's a parent, right? It might be a mentor, but it's 100% going to be a coach. Absolutely going to be at least in the top three. And so that piece too, to help, you know, the world understand our why, that why. Very, very well said. When you have the low moments, who do you call? Who's your mentor? Who you've kind of taken some things from? Yeah. So my mentor in this um, this business, I mean, recently has been Rhonda Kleiman. She's absolutely been someone that I have um, kind of just, she's taken me under her wing, told me that like, I mean, she's been doing this way longer than I have. Mm-hmm. Tells me, hey, you know, here's some things to look out for. Here's some things to to navigate. She's as real as they come. Again, I think the culture here of like just a wife group is so healthy. Um, I think it is, um, again, another thing people don't talk about in this whole coach's wife life is the toxicity of the life sometimes. And people are like, let's not talk about it. It's like, it's real though. Like, let's talk about it. Cause the only way to get through this is to talk about it. Come on, like, come on, right? Like, come on, let's not shy away from that because it's real. It's real. And if we're not going to create a culture 
um, in our programs that we can talk about those things, then what are we doing this for? Like truly, like we're all just going to fake it. Like that sounds miserable. And so I credit coach Kleiman and Rhonda Kleiman for that culture. Um, before that, obviously, um, Sharon Snyder was unbelievable at just talk about a classy lady, talk about someone that has stood by and done her time and has earned those jewels in heaven. Holy cats. Um, and again, just been the glue to her family. Um, I mean, I could name a million wives from that perspective. Um, who am I calling in, in season? It's 100% going to be someone on our staff because yeah. if you're not in the trenches with them, you don't know. Right. So we have usually there's at least two or three on staff and they know who they are, but I'm calling them every Wednesday before every game and we're praying yeah. we're talking about it. We're doing all the things. Um, and then I have an unbelievable support group as far as just best friends and community. Um, that, that book by Jeannie Allen called find your people. I found my people and you can't do this life without your people. Um, so I have about a, a core group of about four to five girls that, um, are my bloodline. I'm an absolute just lifeline and bloodline as far as temperature checks, checking in on me. And most, like some of them live here, but a lot of them have like dispersed. And so it's a text, it's a call, it's a FaceTime. Right. And again, those months of August to, you know, June are long. Um, and especially obviously August to, you know, January with the season, but then a lot of people don't realize off season is like, there's just no off season, right? No. It's never off. And so I know. And then the Simpers as well, a little bit different. Yeah. What did you, you say? Sorry, I didn't hear you. Our signing days are different now than they used to be. Absolutely. And then portal opening a lot. Absolutely. Be a real stressful month where May didn't used to be so stressful. One hundred percent. I was going to get on the road recruiting a lot, but I wasn't freaked out. One hundred percent. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Last couple of questions for you. Um, how do you stay connected during the season? It's texting. Do you get away uh, for a date night ever? So right now, um, we usually have a date in every Thursday. Um, usually during the season, we don't like going out a ton in the small of the town. <laughs> That's pretty college town. I'm sitting in Miami with like six. Yeah, it's tiny town around here. So we, um, we really do enjoy the, like, kind of the refuge of where we're at north of town, um, in, in our country, little, little spot up here. So we usually have a date night in on Thursdays and that is kind of our time to, uh, he has dinner with the family and we kind of have, um, usually he's working or whatever, but we're just we're just with each other. You know what I mean? Like we're connecting, we're talking, we're, um, and then really it's, it's texting because they're just gone so much. Right. And so again, if it's just a, Hey, I'm thinking of you, Hey, how are you doing? Hey, I have something to, you know, you just ask a man, you know, Hey, for his advice or some wisdom, they think, you know, it's like, Oh wait, what was that? I, yeah. I, I can fix that. I can help. I you. That. You know what I mean? So like, you know, just again, working together, even I say this all the time, our worlds are worlds apart, but figuring out a way to understand the other world and whatever that looks like, whether that's, um, I always try to at least make one practice during the week. That's, that's hard because that's hard because it, it is hard. It, it, five four activities, all the things. Right. And so it's just like chaos. And yeah. so we're going to get to one practice um, and let the boys like that's eat dinner at the practice and then run on the field with dad. He loves that. So we always do that. And then Sundays, this has become a ritual probably in the last two years or so. Um, but basically we, we take him dinner at the complex every Sunday. We pack a little dinner and we like seclude to one little corner of the office and it's just us for like an hour and it's awesome. And he gets to see the, I almost said boys, like that's crazy. I have a girl now, sorry, the kids. Okay. Yeah. This will be the first time I've done it with her. So anyway, usually we just, I take all the kids up there, let them run, let them like hang out. And just again, for him to get a little bit of a sense of normalcy, right? Because I feel like for them, they unplug so long um, that sometimes they're just in that grind mode all the time and they can't disconnect it. And so almost giving them a chance to jolt back into, oh, right, right. Just a little bit of a refreshment for them. Um, 
because I can't imagine just the oh, level of detail and the level of time and the level of commitment that that takes. So giving, trying to bring a little bit of normalcy to him too, is what we do. Um, so again, just trying to bring our world to him and his world to me and, and trying to make those mesh. All right. Last question for you. Give me their top. I usually say two to three favorite memories of being a coach's wife, but I'm going to expand it a little bit more. Okay. And, and you can, you're a player's wife during the pretty special moments yeah. of his life. So give me your top two to three favorite moments that you cherish and think back. Oh, that was a fun day. Um, okay. Let's see. I've got two or three. Um, Big 12 championship against Texas as a player. That was unbelievable because we had just come off um, losing to Baylor the week before and technically lost a run at the national championship lost around at the Heisman Trophy. We kind of knew it all was gone at that point, right? And um, so the the determination, the resiliency, the um, toughness of that team, of Colin, of the leadership of that crew, um, I'll never forget, you know, after that, that game, just running up and giving him the biggest hug and just like, you know, you, you just, I, nothing can describe that feeling of like all your time, all your work, all your blood, sweat, sweat and tears. And you're basically just your life on like literally the line, right? You're just like going over a cliff with this guy. And then you just like cling to each other. And it's like, that's all that matters. Like, mm-hmm. right. You, like that's all that matters. And so that was, I honestly, one of the moments in this whole coach wife life that I will, I will always remember. And it was not a fun day was mm-hmm. after the Baylor game. Truly. We got back and we were in a tiny little apartment that didn't even have laundry. Oh my gosh, that was wild. And I remember looking at him, he's just just bawling, just bawling. Because he knew he knew what he lost. Like he knew he lost it all. And yet it was like again the peace and God meeting us and understanding why we do what we do. And then to come back and win the Big 12 championship the next week. That was really cool. Um, so that was awesome. Um, from a player's perspective. Um from a coach's perspective, um, that I'm telling you, that first game when he just walked out in his little polo, his little visor, and his khaki pants, and I have a picture of it when again he was a GA and it was his first time. And I remember I got it and I had it's, it's blurry, but I'll always remember it. And I was like, this is when the journey begins, right? This is it. And that was 10 years ago. And, you know, you're at the bottom. You're just, I mean, I'm sitting in the stands, like there's no sweet, there's no like nothing. Like, it's just like, you're in it. Like we're here, right? Like, okay, I don't know what this is about, but we're about it. And we're there. And I remember thinking, okay, like this is a start. I don't know what God, I don't know God, what you have for us, for him, but I'm in it. I'm all about it. I'm here for the ride. Um, and so then fast forward nine years, like last year when he was given the opportunity to obviously coordinate his first game um, in the Texas Bowl against LSU. Um, I'll never forget that. I will never forget that. Like running up and just seeing the joy on his face of knowing, again, you have competed your best. You've prepared your best. You have executed your best and then competed your best and then left it all on the line. And the, and honestly, you just let the chips where they fall. Like it doesn't matter win or lose at that point. You know, you competed, you prepped and you laid it out and you can lay on, lay your head on the pillow at the end of the day and know that there's nothing else you could have given. And then to see obviously the reward on the other side, like that was so cool. Um, So that was awesome, obviously. And then he got his first opportunity to be full-time coordinator this year. Um, I'm giving you a lot here, but like, The first, this is wild, but the first play call of last season was a touchdown. Like it was a literally jet sweep to Malik Knowles and it goes for 88, 89 yards. And I was like, well, okay, then I guess this is working out. It's pretty good. I like that play call. Let's do that again. You know, that type thing. So I was like, okay, okay. But again, it's the trials, it's the ups, it's the downs. It's not just like every one of these moments I'm talking about, like, it culminates, right? It's the culmination, but it's really the low points, in my opinion, that really get you there. Mm -hmm. So like, it's the ups and the downs of that season last year, I could literally go on of like, okay, this, this, and this point, like, you know what I mean? And gets it. And then obviously it culminates. And I'm literally, I mean, I am like this 
I mean, on the, like whatever row I was at Dallas Stadium when we were playing TCU and we were in overtime and we gave the game away. Oh my gosh, Kristen. I was like, this is not good. Anyway, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, also, I was like 34 weeks pregnant at that oh, point. You would have been. Yes. Like I was very pregnant. Wow. So like hormones raging, like all of the things, right? And I do not cry. I'm like Cameron Diaz in the holiday. Like I don't, <laughs> like, wait, is that a tear, right? Like just like not a thing. And I bawled after, oh my gosh, after we kicked that field goal and we won that game, I was like, this is it. Like Done the world. that feeling of like, we just won the big 12. Yeah. And yeah, going down that field and just, I mean, I just, I think I hit five people on my way to just <laughs> jump in his arms and I was just like, it was awesome. Wow. It was awesome. So, wow. Yeah, so much. That's incredible. All right. Fast six questions for you. I think I have six for you today. Yeah. What's the last book you've read? Find Your People by Jeannie Allen. Coach surprises you, walks in the door with concert tickets. What would be printed on the ticket? Cody Johnson. If you could have dinner with someone other than family, current or from history, who would that be? Oh, Rahab from the Bible. Wow. Okay. You get a night, night, boy, you can tell where I'm from. You get a night alone. What show would you binge watch? Suits all day, every day. Go to meal to cook. Mexican. I literally could live and breathe on Mexican food. <laughs> and what sport? Can you beat Coach Klein in? Everything. Let's just be real, Christian. Like everything but football, I can beat him in. It just depends on, you know, everything else. But no, um, if I was really being real. Um, Free throws? Three-pointers? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Basketball, like, in my sleep. Um, I mean, there's not a lot. I'm not going to at least give him a, money, a run for his money in. Like, I mean, he ain't going to just get a victory. Like, come on. Come on. No, I'm not even going to say that because like, I can't even like, I'm not competitive at all. <laughs> I've had so much fun over the past hour. Thank you so much for sharing your stories, your time. This has been incredible. You've encouraged me the most. So thank you. Well, thanks Kristen for having me. And I absolutely applaud you for everything that you're doing with your podcast, with your life, with your testimony. And um, I'm encouraged by your story. Um, I'm encouraged by, you know, who you stand for being Jesus and the life that you live and the mom that you are. Um, so I am, I'm blown away by you. And I just, um, I'm excited to get to know you a little bit more too. Thank you so much. You're going to make me cry over here. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Ruler of Hope. Ruler of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Ruler-Hope or online at RulerHope.org. For a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit CoachesWifeLife.org and follow us on social media at Coach's Wife Life.